We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. It's going to be a good one today. I don't know about you, Nate. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty spicy right now, man. I got I got something that I want to that I want to put out there, some big news. We'll hold off on it for a little bit. I put it on Twitter. Uh, if you're not already following uh, this show, Settling the Score here on Wildcat 99. This is Sports Talk. I'm your host Colin Settle, joined as always by Nate Gray, who are you having trouble with the headphones? Did I you get it fixed? The, the headset, yeah, it's just a, a little, little loose. I just have a big head, and I always gotta yeah, make sense. some adjustments. Yeah, and, it sounds yeah. about right. It didn't surprise right, me yeah. at all, but you know, yeah. cats win over the weekend. Yeah. How, uh, how are we feeling? Man, I'm feeling really good. I think, other than a little bit of a scare there in the fourth quarter, they pretty much dominated that game. I mean, it was pretty dominating performance from the team all around. I'd say. I think it was really never in doubt honestly I mean maybe you could argue a little bit like okay they're coming back there but I mean I think the cats look great I mean you get an interception on the second play of the game mm-hmm. on a ball that probably should have been caught it was but, a Mahomes you know, pick you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree yeah. I'd agree maybe not maybe not from this weekend yeah and that's not, that's something else that we can talk about later on as well but as we look uh, I'm gonna hold off on that big news as I said uh I made I made the announcement. I know you don't know what it is. No one knows what it is uh, except for our sports director Jasmine Halliburton because she said, I don't know. I texted her about it, so she knows the news. She's the only one that knows. Um, Don't talk to her at all because I'll I'll talk about it here in a little bit. But looking at uh, I mean yeah on uh, on Twitter at score settling and then my Twitter at Colin settle if you're not. uh, Do you want to plug your Twitter? Nate, I know you're not on Twitter a ton. I use it at the Graythin. Yeah, it's at the Graythin. Yeah. I use it about once every like two months, few months. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> but I put it on there. Uh, that is where you can see the social media stuff is there on Twitter. Skyler Thompson, 14, 19, 138 yards and a tutty. Deuce Vaughn, 25 carries, 121 yards mm. and one touchdown. Mm. Should have had two. Joe Irvin stole a touchdown. Vultured. Vultured a touchdown from Deuce Vaughn. Uh, and we'll talk about that touchdown run. I gotta say though, well. I like the duo. I've, I do I've like been duo. liking it, but it's like you say he stole it. I mean, I yeah, he, he stole it, but I like the two-headed beast. Yeah, you know, how old is Joe Irvin? Is he a? I think he's a sophomore. sophomore? Yeah, I'll look it up. Oh, I like that. But yeah, that's a play. <clears throat> do you want to talk about Jacksonine now, or do you want to talk about Jacksonine later? Because it's got to come up. Because I mean. Screw it. Let's talk about him now. Jax Deneen with an absolute monster, monster pancake block. Twenty nine on twenty nine crime. The catch twenty nine too. Yeah, it was. It was the. It was the. The West Virginia guy was number twenty nine. It was incredible, incredible. But like none of the announcers were talking about the block. They were all just talking about Joe Irvin and blah blah, blah whatever else. I mean. Could play the clip. The run wouldn't have happened. The run would not. Have. Well, he was gonna score, but like, but just but he a little set bit it up. of icing on a cake. He set it up. Jax Deneen murdered a man in the end zone, flattening him, and it was phenomenal. I tweeted about it. A bunch of other people tweeted about it. It was oh, just Chef's kiss. Beautiful. As I'm still. Uh, 
trying to find the Joe, if I can spell how to learn how to spell his name. Joe Irvin is a, says he's a true freshman. I don't think that's true because he was. Uh, no, he's a sophomore. He played last year, right? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Up, no, he sat out last year because of COVID. Did he play the year before? I think so. Yeah. I'm gonna say I remember. But he. So he's he a so, he's a junior, but he got that extra he's COVID a sophomore. year. Sophomore. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of guys that have extra years, Will Howard is redshirting. Didn't know if you saw that. Yeah, that's smart. Um, I also think it's smart because he's only played at, what. Three games? Three games this season. So as so long far. as he doesn't play the rest of the... Yep, it'll be fine. I think bowl games are excluded from that, right? I don't know. I don't know if bowl I games thought, I thought bowl games were excluded from redshirt status. I'm not sure. That was something that I heard a while back. But uh, Regardless, that'd be nice. Because I know, we, I mean, I definitely hated on Will Howard a lot, and I still don't... I'm still not confident that he's, like, the next thing. But I think he looked a lot better. And I, I would be, I'd be content. He had like one bad pick against Oklahoma State, and then like the fumble <clears> thing, which like wasn't really. I don't really think that was his fault necessarily. That was kind of a it wasn't low a snap. great snap. He still maybe could have corralled it better, but yeah. Um, but I yeah. mean, you know, it is what it. You know, you're gonna panic on the goal line. That's just what. That's just what happens, right? So I mean, I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna put too much, you know, fault on. That right, you can't put you can't blame it all on him, is uh, I guess what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, looking forward, then you got Jaron Lewis, you have Will Howard, and then you'll have Jake Rubley as well after Skyler leaves. And that's another thing that we're going to talk about. You know, we're just kind of hitting on, on all cylinders here. Um, as this is senior day, this is Skyler Thompson's uh last game in the bill, and in honor of Skylar Thompson, as I uh, am looking to see if I have it, I do. Uh, in honor of Skylar Thompson, this is a clip that I'll play 10,000 times if you if you give me the chance. This is probably the best play of his career, and this is one of my favorite moments that I've ever gotten to And if I'm assuming it's like, one, it's like the first big play of his it career. It is the first yeah. big play of his career. Uh I'll just I'll just give it over to uh to uh, the announcers. There's the snap. Two-step drop. Looking left is Skyler. He'll have to hustle. Throws back to the right side. He will try to throw the ball into the end zone. Touchdown! In the back of the end zone. Super's got it. He's got it. No time left on the clock. K-State has won the game. Unbelievable. K-State always beats Iowa State. I don't know how, but it happens. Ten in a row. The Ten longest row. running streak against K-State. I am going to pass out. I'm about ready to fall. My hair's going away. I'm sitting back down. K-State wins. K-State wins. 20 to 19 is our Something about Stan Weber, man. <laughs> Just absolutely. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. My hair is blowing away. <laughs> I think that just makes the clip ten times better. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. if you're, if you're going to talk about great Skylar Thompson moments here at K-State, that's up there. You look at Oklahoma where he ran for, like, four touchdowns mm-hmm. in that win at home, and then he ran for, like, three or four more touchdowns the following year when we beat them in Norman. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you will about Skylar Thompson. I know he's had his 
critics and you know whatever else over there. I've always been a big Skylar Thompson guy, and I've and I've always said that on the show. You know, Skylar three sixteen, whatever John Kurtz and those guys came up with over at K Man, however long ago that was, right? Big, I'm just a big Skylar guy in mm-hmm. general, right? So I mean, seeing him stick around as long as he had and has and face the adversity that he has is is pretty incredible because he and honestly, you can talk about longevity stats. I know that's something that was brought up with like Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Like when all these guys start to retire, it's like, oh yeah, well of course he's gonna break the the passing touchdowns record. He's been in the league for blah 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 however many years, right? And it's still, like you can say the same thing about about Skyler and it's like But it's yeah, still he's impressive. They were second the longevity second, is impressive. <laughs> currently he's second all time in passing <clears throat> touchdowns and he's third in career passing yards. And you can say, Oh, well that doesn't make him like great. That's like no, but for him to, you know, consistently be doing it, right? And obviously I think he's gotten better over the season. And he's not the greatest quarterback that's ever played here by any means, right? But I mean, just seeing what he's been able to do and what he's able to accomplish when he was healthy and in, I want to say in his prime, which I think probably would have been, you know, the season prior to the injury, so two years ago, that was probably the best Skylar Thompson we were going to see. In terms of all-around athletic ability, I think he's a much better passer now. I think he's a lot smarter with the football. Obviously, he's not going to run as much. I think he's a more intelligent player now. But if you're looking for, like, peak athletic ability, Skylar Thompson, it was it was 2019. If you're looking for the best overall Skylar Thompson, I think you're looking at him now. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think he was a much more... Yeah, I think just pre-injury, he was he moved a lot better. Um, I totally agree, and I think now he does look like a much more complete quarterback. You see some of the throws he's making, and you're like, I don't think Skyler would have made that last year or the year before. I think he's really taken some big strides, so I, I totally agree. I think now he's definitely, um, he's definitely, like you said, firing all cylinders at the right time. Yeah, and. I think it helps that he has a guy like Deuce Vaughn in the backfield, that he has an offensive line that at least has some camaraderie. At least, you know, they're maybe not the best offensive line in the Big 12. You've been rotating that right tackle. I think it was pretty much the entire first half. You saw Katori Levison play a little bit. I think Logan Long played a little bit in that game as well. And then Christian Duffy uh, playing at right tackle. I'm not sure if Katori played at right tackle, but I think he got some snaps. But it was Logan Long and Christian Duffy playing right tackle right so I mean obviously you don't have you don't have the guys that you want there yet and that's not something you know you really want to hear this late into the season but I mean they're getting the job done at least on half of the offensive line well and I think I think the offensive line is something we need to talk about because I think the last two seasons we've started off and said this offensive line is not good. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a problem. And both both the last two seasons we've said that, and here, we're, here we are, and they haven't been great, but they've, like, they've been good. They've gotten the job done. I think they could be better, but I'd say top to bottom, I think the offensive line has made a lot of really good improvements. But, I mean, if you can run the ball for, what is this, 100 and... 60, 170 some yards a game and two touchdowns. I mean, like, you can get it done. And granted, you know, having a guy like Deuce Vaughn and Joe Irvin back there helps. But I mean, 
the production is there, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think the pass pro breaks down a little bit sometimes, and you know maybe the blocking on the edges isn't the best, and that and that also kind of comes from the receivers and stuff like that as well. You know when you're trying to get out in space, but I mean I think overall the offensive line has been a lot better. You look at like what we were saying last season at the very beginning of the season where it was like figured out, like yeah. You can't, you can't be like all the criticism that, that myself and you know you and everyone else were giving the the offensive line and all that stuff. From then till now, this offensive line is ten times better than anything yeah. we've ever seen. Yeah. No, I I think the work. Um, let's see, it's Connor Riley, right? Yes. Connor Riley. Yeah, I think the the work he's done has to be have just been phenomenal because I mean it's the offensive line is with with. Outside of some rotations, and yeah. you know, yeah. I think it's it's pretty much the same crew. Yep. So I mean, he's the, they've just improved so much. I think that's that's the key to winning. Just like you know, point blank, you know, is you got to have a good offensive line that can dominate a game, and I think the offensive line's been doing that. <clears throat> well, Nate, you know, I said, uh, and I'm trying to to get into the transition here because I don't want to get I I want to transition, but I don't want to give anything away, you know. We kind of already talked about Senior Day, and we talked about, uh, you know, all that other stuff, right? And I did mention, I think it's about that time, uh, I do have an announcement to make, a big announcement. Put it out on social media. I tried to promote it, you know, as best as I could. I didn't really know if it was going to happen until yesterday or today, uh, but we found out, and some big things are going to happen, uh, and I'm going to make the announcement next. Back just in time, as I was... Uh, scrambling to get a to get a drink of water here because I know this is gonna fire me up I have I have something I want to play and I think I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna let the clip speak initially and then I'll and then I'll give my spiel after that so without further ado put it out earlier here's my uh, here's my big announcement I'm Colin Settle joined with AJ Shaw I do want to say if this is my last game here in the bill, calling a K-State football game. Obviously, wasn't the way we wanted it to go there in the end, but I did enjoy it. I want to thank everyone, you, AJ, Cole Carmody, Logan Mance, Paxton Gordon specifically. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hold on, wait a minute. Mama, get the cat, and if the cats are coming home, he's going to fire in complete. Ladies and gentlemen, there is your dagger. Middle cuts right. He's got blocks. He's got blocks. Malik Knowles makes a man miss. Malik Knowles to the outside, to the 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, and the cats are back in the end zone. I'm back this Saturday, baby. One more time. It's senior day. We brought it up. Myself, Jasmine Halliburton, in the booth. I'm calling the last game. I'm calling senior day. I said it against Iowa State. Unless something came up that I wasn't aware of, that was going to be my last game. 
Absolutely not. Nope. Absolutely not. Let's go. This Saturday, myself, Jasmine Halliburton, I believe the game is at 4.30. Mm-hmm. Pre-game will start at 3.30. Mm-hmm. We're back. I'm back, baby. One last go. It's senior day, not only for the players, it's senior day for me, man, and I am pumped up. Tune in right here on Wildcat 91.9 to hear the call. Biggest game of the year. And this is we, – we owe Baylor. We're due. We owe Baylor for 2012. Obviously not the same circumstances. I'll never forgive them for that. Obviously not the same circumstances, but listen. They ruined our season. I think we need to ruin theirs. I do too. I think it's time. I think it's about that time. I wasn't the only one talking about Senior Day as well. I have two guys uh, that were at the... There's my big announcement. I'm back. I'm calling the game this Saturday. He's back. I'm back, baby. You need to put it like the Michael Jordan <laughs> press release that just says like I'm back. What's the uh, uh, what's the Kobe one where he's like, "Job's not finished." Yeah, you know, that, that like, whole. Why aren't you? Why aren't you like? Yeah, you don't you... seem happy. He's like, "Job's not job's done. Not, job's not done." Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly that's that's where we're at, man. Job's mm-hmm. not done. Job's we're not still done. going. I'm pumped. I'm fired up right now, man. I'm ready to go. Put me in the booth right now. Let's play. I'm, they're they're not ready. We gotta let them. We gotta let them prepare. Cats yeah. are also. Uh, they opened as. Two point favorites, and I believe it shifted to plus one. Baylor is now one. Yeah, so it went yeah. three whole points yeah. in like two days, which is yeah. pretty crazy. So I don't know what that line. I don't know what I don't know what Vegas was thinking. That was a rat line. And we'll K-State, talk. We'll talk some know. little. We'll talk some Vegas here in a little bit. Neither one of us are big betting guys, but I mean no. we'll get into that here in a little bit. But I mean with it with it oh, being back senior to day. It is. It's back to even. Oh, so shit, it, it went. Again. It went to one point. Now it's bad. Baylor's eight and two. We're seven and three. This is a everywhere. big game. This is a really big. I think K State's also ranked like thirty-two, right now, like just outside of the top twenty-five. They are receiving votes, but mm-hmm. they're just outside. And Baylor's at what eleven, twelve, right now. Baylor is thirteen, eleven, Because then Oklahoma's right behind them, right at like twelve. Yeah. 13. The and the new uh, college football playoff poll just came out as well. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to pull that up. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that we'll here in a little it. bit. But talking about senior day, there are two guys on this team that I absolutely love that have not been here longer than anyone else. It's two transfer players, Reggie Stubblefield and Timmy Horn. These two, I feel like, have made an impact not only on the field but with the fan base as well, specifically Reggie Stubblefield. I love this guy. Is it possible – to become a legend at K-State in only one season? I think it should be. I think and I think he's going to do it. I think the sauce <clears> boss <throat> is going to come out here and he's going to leave his mark with what else, what is his I don't know what his celebration is when he's like he throws the hand up and he like mm-hmm. punches his arm or something. I don't know. I I love everything about it. And then obviously Timmy Horn's a guy that you know, I've loved him ever since ever since he showed up. He's just got the smile of an angel mm-hmm. and I think he has a wife. He got married. I think he got married over the summer, and I'm not sure if he has a kid or not. But that's a that's a grown man. Yeah, graduate student living his best life. Man, love that guy. Love everything about Timmy Horn. But this is what uh, I have two clips from both of them. I'll start with Reggie since I brought him up first. But this is what uh, Reggie Stubblefield had to say about uh, Senior Day this Saturday. It's gonna mean a lot uh, because honestly, it's a place that uh, brought me in, and I 
took me under their wing from day one. Uh, it's a place that showed me a lot of respect, a lot of care, and a lot of love. So uh, it's going to mean a lot, man. Uh, just go out one last time in Bill Snipes Stadium. It's going to be a huge one. And then it got the opportunity to play against a ring team in Bayland. You know what I mean? And just continue the success that we're having. It's going to be huge. And he brought it up about it being, you know, kind of a bigger game as well against Baylor. I mean, how how are you feeling after last – we kind of already talked about last week, but then going into this week, Nate, how are you feeling going up against this Baylor team? How do you think the team's going to do? I think – hmm. You know, what, what do you, I'll ask this. What are you most concerned about going into, going into the Baylor game? What am I most concerned about? I think – the Baylor defense is just really good. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game because I think our defense is really strong. Mm-hmm. I think Baylor's got a really good defense, um, and I, I think I think our offense should still be able to move the ball because um, I have confidence in our offense to to move the ball. But it's a tough it's a it's a it's a tough defense they're going up against. So so looking at the statistics as I pull it up. Uh, Right now, Baylor currently, through games through last Saturday, they have the 43rd best defense in the nation. They have the 25th best rushing defense in the nation. And they have the 67th best passing defense in the nation. They give up 353 yards per game. So... Who knows? Who knows? And this is this is a, a K-State team that's going to want to run the ball more. Their passing offense isn't, you know, the best. Uh, they're ranking 90th right now in passing offense, only 211 yards per game. And they rank 71st in rushing offense with 159 rushing yards per game. So you're going to want to get it done on the ground, but I do, mm-hmm. I do think you're right that it's probably going to end up being a defensive battle. I think mm-hmm. that's something that a slugfest. Yes. I, I, it's going to come down to the last possession. Who gets the ball to start the second half? You know, one of, one of those type, yeah. one of those type of, type of games. And hopefully, K-State can come out swinging in the third quarter like they've done a few times over yeah. the last few weeks. Because that's always been, you know, a struggle for this team is, is coming out hot after halftime. And I think early on, especially against those three, the three games that we lost, looking at and I can't remember if it was Nevada either, but you look at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, we didn't score a single point in the third quarter, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But over the past few weeks, we've started to get things going in the third quarter, and we start scoring points. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. So, I mean, if K-State is going to win this game, they're going to need to score in the third quarter, right? But what is it going to take coming at a halftime to be productive going into the third quarter and the second half in general? Hmm. I mean, I think you kind of have to come out at half, especially offensively, with the same same mindset as the beginning of the game. You just want to establish, establish the run game, just kind of playing the game on your terms. And I think um, – I don't know that they've necessarily struggled with that, but I think in the games they've lost – Obviously, a lot of those games, they were coming out at halftime down, so they were trying to play catch-up, and they kind of abandoned their game. I think no matter what, you just have to come out and you have to keep playing the game your way until the very end. Um, And I just think if they come out and they keep 
um, just controlling time possession, controlling the clock. Um, I think, I think that's how you get it done. Are you a fan of the the like saying where it's like it's zero zero at halftime, like it's all even up? Are you are you a fan of that saying? Because I know like in some ways it works if it's like a one score game or if you're down by like three or four going into halftime. But if it's your, if you're down like twenty one points and you come in there and your coach is like, all right, guys, zero zero. The playing field is even. Like, obviously, it's not. So, I mean, like, are you are you a fan of that? Yeah, I kind of like, am, saying? just because I think it is important to come out with the mindset of this is our this is still our game. Yeah, we just want to you know you want to be hot. You want to get out and and try to try to get hot. Because um, if you come out with the mindset of we're down twenty one points, you start to get desperate. Yeah, and I think you you want to have urgency, but you don't want to be desperate. So I think it's smart. I I like this the the whole it's zero zero. Yeah. We're gonna approach this like it's a tie game. I think the one thing that I like about this team going into this game is the passion that this team has. Um, I think they they have a great camaraderie together. I think they play really well. I think I hope that they're all friends off the field. You know, mm-hmm. they're all hanging out together and stuff like that because that helps, right? Just not not just being like friends on the field, but being friends off the field, right? You know each other. You start to get that feel, especially like you talk about like quarterback-receiver relationships. That's really big, right? So I think along with that, this team is just really passionate. They want to play for each other because they care about each other, right? And they care about the university and they care about this team. And that's something that, you know, Timmy Horn brought up. I have this other clip of him talking about senior day as well because both of these guys were transfers. They came in, obviously didn't know anybody and, you know, they're leaving their mark, but this is what Timmy Horn, a transfer player, had to say about playing senior day at K State. Oh man, I, honestly, I don't know. I, I just got chills just thinking about hearing you say that because I remember the first time running, uh, going out there, I just seeing the sea of purple, man. It's it's uh, it's gonna be emotional for uh, for sure. He's been here for a year, and he's getting chills thinking about it. He's getting emotional about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. That guy loves this place. He loves the game of football. It, it reminds me of that that clip of Deuce Vaughn talking when he came to K State. He's yeah. like, where he's they always play it like in all the promotional stuff. He's like, man, I showed up and I was like, oh, these guys are here, like two hours before kickoff. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, these guys really like football. It's like, yeah. yeah, we really like football. Like, we want this team. This we want this team to be good. So mm-hmm. like, of course we're gonna be passionate towards it, and of course we're gonna be you know, big fans of it, and to have a guy that's literally been here for I don't know how many months at this point, right, to come in only in one season and be like, I love this place. It's my home. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I just love the passion that that not only Timmy but the rest of the rest of this team has right now. Yeah, I think especially on the defense, there's a lot of passion and a lot of swag yes. that I – I love, and I think that's, I think on defense you have to have, I think defense more so than offense, you need to have swagger to just come out and say, oh, yeah. I'm going to hit oh, yeah. you in the mouth. I'm going to pop you in the yeah. mouth, and I'm going to yeah. keep hitting you until yeah. you stop getting up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think we've definitely seen that this year, and it's been really really nice i love that they you know you bring back the the mob symbol Mm -hmm. and you know you have players like russ yeast you have guys like reggie stubblefield as i mentioned that just have that that swagger about them yeah right you have guys like daniel green that are come gonna come down and rip your head off like we play i wonder if i still have that do i have that clip from last week 
of uh, I'm gonna see if I can find of him talking about like killing quarterbacks. Yeah. Hold on, let me see. I if remember, I, let funny. me see if I have it. Yeah, it's right here. I'll go to here's and this is the mentality that I think I think you have to have. This is Dana Green talking about just murdering other players. Uh, I hope to get more of those. So it's right now I feel good to go out there and hit somebody. You know, I love, I love to do that, but I hope to. You know, we got three more games or four more games now, so I hope to just keep continuing to do stuff like that. And the context behind that is he injured the KU quarterback, and he took him out of the game. Yeah. And he says, he oh, he goes, yeah. oh, I hope I get to do that more. Yeah. Oh. He's, he he will murder you. Yeah. He, he will come downhill, and he will rip your head off. Yeah. And I love that. I love that about this defense, right? And I think I said, I don't remember if I said it on the show or if I was just having like a casual conversation with somebody, but I was saying, you know, this team, especially after those three losses, I was like, this team doesn't look like a Big 12 championship team. Mm-hmm. You look at the 98 team, uh, obviously didn't win the Big 12 championship, but pro- as, as Bill Snyder puts it, the greatest team to never win a championship. Yeah. Right? You look at the 03 team, you look at 2012. Those teams had this aura about them. They had this vibe and they had this feel where you walk into a game and you're like, they're not going to get beat, you know? Even you look at seasons like 2014 and 2016 more recently, and you look at those teams and it's like they weren't going to get beat, Mm -hmm. right? They They just had something about them, right? And after those three losses, you go three and three, I kind of had this thought that it's like this team just isn't one of those teams. You know, you you lose three straight. My rule of thumb, and I and it's dumb, I, I put this out, you know, you lose three games in a row, you're a fraud, right? So I, I thought we were frauds because we lose three games in a row. But you bounce back, you win, what is it, four games in a row now? You have a chance to – there, and there is still a chance, it's very small, that you make the Big 12 championship. There's a lot that needs to happen in order for that to happen. But this team can win nine games. Mm-hmm. Especially they looking could, I mean, they and this 10. is looking into the future as well with um you look at the Texas game, Bijan Robinson is out for the year. They could they could win ten games. If they this win team if they win could this weekend, win ten games. I think they're gonna beat Texas. I agree. So I think if they win this game, you're nine and three, that would put us in a position to be in a pretty good bowl oh, yeah. game. Oh yeah. I'm hearing Alamo Bowl. I'm hearing Texas Bowl. I think if we win, if we win nine games, it's going to depend on what happens above us. Yes. Because Iowa State losing now, if we win, I believe if we went out and we're nine and three, that would put us at third, third. in the Big Twelve. So there, there is a possibility so, which would probably that there be, could be There could be a three-way tie for second place in yeah. the Big Twelve between us, Oklahoma, and I believe Baylor. Yes. And then Oklahoma State would be up top. But what's but yeah, but Oklahoma State would have the tiebreaker on us because they yes. Us. So yes. but when we but we would we, both, we would lose. if we were to win out we would both have the tiebreaker on Baylor so we would be yes. third. So we would end up finishing third unless yeah. I know that there's like some point differential type. Maybe. Yeah, it would have you to know, be it would have to be a because if there's a certain weird tiebreaker where it's like because when team, we lost it's like a, this team beat this team and but this team beat this team and then they beat them and it's like by like a yeah, certain amount of points yeah. it's like yeah so like if we beat Baylor by how many points and then we beat Texas by how many points we only lost to Oklahoma by six and then you know there's just this whole like thing right and I I don't think Oklahoma State's gonna lose to Oklahoma. 
I th- I think Oklahoma might lose out. I think they might. I too. think they might lose this weekend to Iowa State. Yeah. Um. I w- is it, it would at, not, is it at it's in Iowa Norman? State? Oh, okay. But I'm still still not confident. Oh, I'm not I, confident I think, in Oklahoma. I think, and Iowa State has always played good in Norman or played well in Norman mm-hmm. under Matt Campbell. Like they beat him like four or five years ago with Baker Mayfield, and then they almost beat him two years ago, like the week after we beat Oklahoma. Yep. So, like, I just think I think Oklahoma's just falling apart. They're just not good. They stink. And yeah. I think No, I agree. I think... They, they, they're they comparable to Notre Dame in 2012. Mm-hmm. Just a terrible, uh, no longer undefeated team, but they are just a terrible team. And I think... I think Oklahoma. I think there's a good chance they lose to uh, this this weekend yeah. and next weekend to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I would I would agree 100 percent on that. So who knows if Oklahoma loses out? That's a that's another mm-hmm. thing on the table <laughs> that that could be put in play for us. So, I mean, who knows at this point? And I think the only thing that that kind of shuts it down is the fact that we lost Oklahoma. But we only lost to him by six points. So whether or not the points matter, I think that's what's going to be the big deciding factor if we went out and there's like this three-way tie for second place in mm-hmm. the Big 12. So if the points matter, which I'm going to guess that they won't because, you know, look at look at the look at the school on the side of the helmet. They're not going to they're not going to care about a 9 and 3 K-State team making the Big 12 tournament or the Big 12 championship. Like yeah. They're gonna look at Oklahoma and be like, "Yeah, they had a few losses, but you know, yeah, they would. They won. They they win the tiebreaker. You know, it, it, you know, whatever. They're not gonna dig any deeper into it. They're gonna say, okay, Oklahoma beat K State, therefore they are in. You know, oh well, it is what it is. So we've been used to it. I'm kind of used to it at this point, and uh, it sucks. But that's just the life of uh, being a K State fan. So it is. Thanks for being sad with us here on Wildcat 919. <laughs> this is settling the score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, joined by Nate Gray, and we. Uh, it was a big weekend, I will say. There were uh, big, uh, pun intended, as uh, there were a few touchdowns scored. Mm-hmm. Not uh, not by guys you'd expect. I'll put it that Bigger way. Bigger fellas. Bigger fellas. If you know what I'm getting at, it's not just time for. My favorite segment, not your favorite segment, Nate, but uh, everybody's favorite segment this week, Big Boy of the Week. Big Boy of the Week. It was a good week to be a big boy. I believe I saw a tweet that said that there were five linemen that scored touchdowns this Mm, weekend. That's what we like to hear. And you love to hear that. Five linemen plus one other guy that we're gonna that we're gonna get into here as well. I uh a part of me wanted to to make like a multiple award thing for everybody this week, but like because it's like my thought was like it's my show. I can do whatever I want, right? Do we do two guys this week? I don't and here's the other deal is I don't I don't know if we're gonna do a show next week either, because it's Thanksgiving and I think it's unless we like pre record two, two helpings two helpings for Thanksgiving, I think that's I think that's fair. I th- you think it's fair I to throw it to their two just in case we'll say just in case 
we don't do a show next week. Screw it. We'll do we'll do two we'll do two big boys this week. There we go. We'll do two big boys this week, and the first guy that I'm gonna that I'm gonna bring up here is a name that uh, some might remember from last year. And uh, here's the clip. Faster than those guys, and they've been trying to get to the edge with him. Well, Vedral's going to roll, throw back, and that's going to be caught by a lineman at the five, diving for a pylon, and that is Raekwon O'Neal. Raekwon O'Neal, if you remember last year, I believe he finished in the final four in Big Boy of the Year voting. It was either Elite Eight or Final Four. He made, he made a deep run, but he scored a touchdown last year, and he was Big Boy of the Week. And now he's back. I, I just couldn't I couldn't leave him off, right? He scored two touchdowns in his career. The man is six foot four, three hundred and five pounds, plays left tackle at Rutgers. Mm. That is a big, big boy. boy. Big boy. One and you know, there's I think it's big cool. Boys and there's big boys. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think with him, you know, you don't get to you don't get to have multiple repeating winners, right? It's very it's very rare. I think Andy Reid has won it twice. He's a big Felix boy. has won it twice. Raekwon has now won it twice, and there might be there might be somebody else as well. Uh, I could be mistaken, but he was going to be an honorable mention. But we called an audible at the last second. This week's second now big boy of the week is a play I think everyone heard around the world on Saturday night. Uh, here it is. Here we go. Daniels, flushed. Daniels, end zone, caught! Kansas wins it! Jared Casey, the hero, and the Jayhawks. Find a way. I think my favorite thing about this is, uh, did you see that video of his parents mm-hmm. at the game? Yeah. Where, like, they're on the opposite side of the field, and... They're like, is it Jared? They go, is, it, is that Jared? Did Jared catch it? Like, da, 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 and then, like, the video board, like, has, it's all zoomed in. They, like, see his number, and his parents are like, oh, man, like, freaking yeah. out. Oh, you love to see that. Jared Casey, a fullback. You don't see many of those. Uh, it's a dying breed. It is a it's dying sad. breed. Sad. Speaking of fullbacks, Jackson Ean, uh better be first team uh, all Big 12 fullback. Like, I don't understand how you can't make it. Maybe they'll make it Jared. I don't know. Who knows? I'm pretty sure Jared, Jared Casey. Played, like one snap. Yeah, he's played one snap, and it's like the, the play yeah. of his career, right? Six foot, 254 pounds. He's a freshman from Plainville, Kansas. Shout out Plainville, Kansas. If uh, you're from there, I guess I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, you got to You got to put Jax. Come on, he got snubbed last year for some Oklahoma running back, and now after everything that Jax is doing this year, and that's the thing. You know, you brought it up. Fullbacks are a dying breed, and this is kind of what what sparked my sparked this conversation that I wanted to bring up is that you know. Not a lot of teams use a fullback anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, K State uses a fullback. They'll use. They have like two, three fullbacks that they'll use. You got Mason Barta, you have Jackson Ean, and then uh, Ben Sennett, who I think plays tight end as well. But I think yeah. is Ben Sennett listed as a 
Let me find it real quick. I don't know if he's listed as a tight end or a fullback. He might be a tight end. But he looks like a fullback. No, he's a fullback. He's six foot four, two 245 pounds. And he plays. A lot of times, sometimes a fullback is like a, a blocker. But Kissin has three fullbacks. What's another team in the Big 12 that has three fullbacks that they actively use? Mm-hmm. Right? So... It's a dying breed. I'd agree with that. And giving it to somebody who doesn't even play the position or doesn't play it as well, come on. Don't snub Jackson I agree. From first team, all Big 12 fullback selection. I will absolutely riot. And I know that Scott McFarland will as well because he's a big uh, the Bosco's boys. He's a big mm-hmm. Jackson fan as well. The Seawolf for, for all Big 12 is all I have to say about that. But. You brought it up earlier, Nate. Uh, do you have the list for the college football playoff I, list here? Let me pull it up. I know the top five stayed the same. The top five stayed the same. Oklahoma dropped to like 14, I think. Good for them. Something like that. Good for them. Good for everybody else, too. And that's something that uh, we'll get into. Big 12 playoff, not Big 12, college football playoff talk coming up next. All right, let's talk about some college football playoff uh, implications and talk. Georgia at number one, no surprise there. Alabama at number two. Alabama's a team that we'll talk about here. I think in a few minutes as well because they they did something to you last week that is quite unfortunate. Historic. Historic. Literally historic. A little teaser. We'll get into that here in a few minutes. But Cincinnati at three and then Oregon at four. The first two out are Ohio State and Notre Dame. How are you feeling about the AP Top 25 and college football playoff look, Nate? You said Cincinnati was... Cincinnati's three, Oregon's four. In the college football playoff? Oh, this is the AP Top 25. My apologies as we're looking for the college football playoff rankings. Because I believe the top... I was looking at the AP Top 25. I had the wrong list. I believe up. the college football playoff top four, top five is Georgia, Alabama. Um, well, it's not on the load for me either, so... Um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get it pulled up, but... <laughs> um, how, how absolutely fantastic. You know, uh, while we're... We'll call another. It's this show is full of uh, full of audibles this uh, this week. I think uh, we brought up Alabama. They did something to you last week, Nate. That was uh, quite unfortunate. It was historic. Historic, and we know you're not a betting man. But uh, do you, do you want to talk about it? I would. Do you like need to, to go to therapy? Yeah. Do you want to talk about it? All it's right. two straight heartbreakers. Two straight heartbreakers. Here it is. What do you seem to understand? I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Hey, Brick Joe, you're going nowhere. So for those of you who were listening last week, we uh, selected a mammoth line of 51.5 points. New Mexico State covering plus 51.5 against Alabama. Now you might ask why. I would pick such a line, and that's because up until last weekend, Nick Saban had never in his career covered a 51.5-point spread. So Nick Saban did something this weekend he's never done before in his career. And you know what? Hats off to Nick Saban. Good for him. He finally got the monkey off his back, and he, he beat that 51.5-point spread. So congrats. 
So this week, we're taking another big line. Two straight L's. You need a win here. I do. We're in... I'm in a... This is win or go home. And I'm going to tell you another team that I think is kind of a fraud. I think Ohio State... I think they're frauds. I really just think they're bums. Why, um, why do you think that? They just... They're just they kind of they're just one of those little meddling teams. I get that they spanked Purdue and good for them, but I think they get too much hype. I think I was uh, you look at Oklahoma State and Ohio State's resume side by side. If you don't look at you took their names away, you just look at Team A, Team B. I think Oklahoma State's got a better resume than them, and they're tenth in the in the college football playoff rankings. So I think. Ohio State is overrated. I think they've played bummy teams. They've taken care of business against the teams that they need to take care of, and they haven't really done anything to really wow me. And that's why this weekend there's a huge game in the horseshoe in Ohio State, in Columbus, Michigan State and Ohio State. Ohio State is 19-point favorites. There is no way. I don't even – this is a Big Ten game. Did, they, did Vegas forget this is a Big Ten, not a Big 12 game? I don't even know if 19 points are going to get scored. It could be 17 to 10, something like that. I don't know. Some classic Big Ten score. I will say Michigan State and Ohio State score a lot of points, so probably a good we'll amount see. of points scored. We'll see. But I think, I think this is going to be a pretty close game, and I think Michigan State might win. So What's the spread? 19 points. I don't think there's a chance Ohio State wins by more than a touchdown. And then what's the over-under? One second. <laughs> as, he's, as, he's, as he's trying to find it, I do have the college football playoff rankings. Released 26 minutes ago. Fresh. Georgia at number one. Alabama at two. Oregon at three. Ohio State at four. First two out, Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Just criminal. Criminal. And as you said, uh, other notable teams, Baylor at 11. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was looking at it wrong. It's Cincinnati, Michigan are the first two out. So I, I, was, I was reading it vertically, not horizontally. I, I love that Michigan is ahead of Michigan State yes. despite Michigan State beating them. Yes. Makes sense, How does that right? make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, other notable teams, Oklahoma State at 9, Baylor at 11, Wake Forest at 10. Uh, Oklahoma at 13, Pittsburgh at 18, as I'm just kind of looking at the list. NC State, how about them, at 20? And then uh, San Diego State at 19, and then UTSA. I love UTSA. How about it? Is that, think, isn't that where Aaron Jones went to college? He was UTEP. I'm was he UTEP? Sure. Or, here, sure. I'll look it up. I'll I'm pretty sure up. he was UTEP. I'll find it. But I just got to say, I've said this so many times, but I think I honestly liked – the BCS more than the college football playoff because the way the playoff is set up, how it's just a committee of folks that just decide who the best four teams are, it's completely biased. At least with the BCS, there was some kind of formula, Yeah. however stupid it was, at least you knew. There was structure. There was a structure to it. This is just, we're just going to put a bunch of random guys. It's like they have like the former like secretary of defense in the like like they have weird isn't, isn't gene taylor part yeah of the like it's, it's like some committee? athletic directors but then 
there was like a secret there was like someone who was on like the Bush administration in there. It's like, what do they know about call? It's like that like Kanye video where it's like, <laughs> if you can market the product, like you can you can make money off the product. Yeah. Like, I love get Gaga. What does she know about cameras? <laughs> like that's what this is. It's like yeah. these guys are very knowledgeable people. What do they know about college football? Why yeah. are they on here? So I just think the the whole setup of it is stupid and they're gonna find a way to gyp Cincinnati, despite oh, Cincinnati yeah. being Easily one of the best four teams in the country. They're gonna find a way. They've earned it's that the, spot. It's the the logo on the helmet. They have That's earned that is. spot. Oh yeah, I, like I, it's it's shocking. And I th- personally, I think Oregon is gonna lose one more game. So I I don't think it'll matter. But I oh man, I could so see them putting like a two loss Alabama in over Cincinnati just because I can oh, yeah. I could a hundred percent see it just because. Paul Feinbaum would go, oh, they're the better team. They're definitely, definitely the better. On paper, they're the better. Well, on paper, they're going to lose two games. Who cares if on paper they're a better team? If they lost twice, Cincinnati didn't lose at all. It's not their fault who they play. They're doing the best they can. They're playing in a bummy conference. They're playing the teams they can play. And, oh, yeah, they actually decided to play hard teams at a conference. They played Notre Dame at Notre Dame and beat them. Who did Oregon play? Oh yeah, they lost to three and six Stanford. It's ridiculous. Oh, I agree. Who do you think is the uh, just looking at uh, these top four right now? Georgia at one, Bama at two, Oregon at three, Ohio State at four. Who's most likely to to get, if if they do the right thing and put somebody out? If they lose, who's gonna lose and who's gonna get put out? Personally, I think... Who do you think and then who do you want? I think... Mm, I think Oregon and Ohio State are going to fall out. Honestly, I think... And then they put both of the Michigan schools in. I, I think... They I just think, skip right over Cincinnati. Well, mm, it's tough because I, I think Ohio State... I think Oregon's more likely. Yeah. But Oregon is not as good of a team as Ohio State. Even though they beat them, I will say... Or I, I think Oregon has a better chance of losing a game, but I also think they don't because they have an easier schedule. I think this weekend they're going to lose yeah, at Utah. Oregon, Oregon has Utah, and then they have Oregon State. And then they have mo- the the Pac-12 championship yeah. probably against Utah again. So I think – And it's hard to beat a team twice. I think Utah will beat them this weekend. I think it'll shift up. I think Ohio State will probably beat Michigan State. Yep, and then they have Michigan right after that. I think Ohio, Ohio State will probably beat Michigan State, and so then they'll move up. Cincinnati will move up to four. And I think Ohio State's probably going to beat Michigan because that's what they do. They own Michigan. Harbaugh stinks. Doesn't beat Ohio State. <laughs> so Is that a future lock? Depends on the line. All right, um, all, right, all, right all right. But I... And then Bama has uh, Arkansas and Auburn. I, I so wish. A&M, I, I don't think I don't think Georgia's gonna lose. I I think Georgia's the really, lock right now at the one. Really wish A uh, and M would not have lost to Ole Miss. Yeah. Because if A and M would have won out and Auburn beat Alabama, then A and M would have won the SEC West. Yep. So that would have been big. I. It scares me because I don't think Georgia's going to lose to Bama, but it's still Nick I don't Saban. Think, I don't think Georgia's going to lose at but all. But it's still Nick Saban. And I think 
the worst possible thing to happen would be Bama beating Georgia in the SEC championship because then they put and then them, you get two, then, then they you put both they put in. both of them in. Yep. And I it wouldn't surprise me if they put them one and two if they put like Bama one and Georgia yeah. two. So even Georgia down to three. Or if they they're not, they're or if they just kept four. Georgia at one and put Bama at two because it doesn't matter losing yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. They don't punish teams for losing. They just look they'll at, just they'll just put them wherever they think the best possible matchup is. So I mean yeah put. Ban- so so it would be if if everybody wins out and Bama beats uh, Georgia, you'd be looking at if if that's the way they go, you could have Bama versus Ohio State, and then you get Georgia versus Oregon, with the hopes that Georgia and Bama play each other again in the in the championship. Yeah, they're not gonna put them. They're not gonna put them to where they play each other again. They're gonna put them either at at one and three, or they're gonna put them at one and two. So that they can play each other again in the championship. See, the thing is, the BCS already favored kind of naturally yeah. the bigger schools, flashier schools. Yeah. But now it's just like unapologetically. Oh, yeah. Like, I just want like, them to come out and say it. Yeah. I just want that, like, we all know. We all know how bad this is. So, like, just come out and you say it. And they're watch, not going to do it. They're not going to do you it. You should watch the clip. Have you seen the clip of Mike Leach talking about the playoff where he's like, he's like, well, you look at how they decide high school state championships. Well, man, they have a, like a thirty-team playoff. You look at how they do uh, Division Three, uh, thirty-team playoff. Yeah. You look at how they do FCS, crazy. They do a thirty. So, how do they do the the top level and the NFL, fifteen teams, sixteen teams, yeah. fourteen teams? How do they do uh, the top college ball? Four, four, four teams. It doesn't good make enough. any sense. Good enough. It makes no sense. It's all about the money, and they just don't want to put in the effort, and they're lazy, and that's just how it is. I know, I know. You're fired up. I'm fired up. I'm fired up for different reasons. If you didn't hear earlier the big announcement, I'm back, baby. I'm calling the game on Saturday against Baylor with Jasmine Halliburton. We'll be back in the bill. It's senior day. It's the last one, man. Last K-State home football game. Hopefully, we'll get to call the bowl game. We're going to see if we'll work that out. That would be legendary. Right, first we go to Arlington and we call that game against Stanford, and then we finish the game. Why not go back to Arlington? Wherever that bowl is, what, uh, what, is that the Texas Bowl? Which one are they playing? The Arlington? Texas Bowls in Houston. What do they play? Cotton Bowls and oh, JK. Well, well, wait, no, the co- no. Cotton Bowls a playoff game nah, this year. Man, they won't do it. Hey, hey, college ball playoff. <laughs> it could be, it could be interesting, but yeah, it'll be fun. Tune in on Saturday, I believe. Uh, pre-game will start at three thirty. Kickoff set for 4:30. A, a, de- a weird time to have a. I've never seen a 4:30. Never seen kickoff. a 4:30. I kind of like it though. Yeah. I don't know. That's something we can talk about after it happens next week. If we're back next week, Thanksgiving. We'll see. Might have to pre-record something. I don't know when you're heading home. I don't know when I'm heading home. We'll figure it out. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> Game 4:30. Pre-game 3:30. I'm back, baby. Senior day. This is it. The last one. Jasmine Halliburton, Colin Settle in the booth, calling the game against. Baylor. You can follow the show on Twitter at Score Settling. You can follow me on Twitter at Colin Settling. You can follow Nate if he's ever on it at the Grayson. This has been Settling the Score. I'm your host, Colin Settle, as I said. We'll see you on Saturday. <laughs>